Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into Coffee Break. Thanks for joining us this morning. Do sure appreciate it. The show is brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant. 459-8565. And kicking off the show today is Joe Konauer. He's with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. You may have heard him on the tail end of yesterday's show. We didn't have enough time to get into everything, so we're going to dig into it more today. Double duty. I don't know if we've ever had anybody on back-to-back shows before. I'm even going to turn on your microphone so that, so that you can talk. Sorry, Joe. I mean, you got a banquet coming up here on October 9th, just a couple weeks away. Can you fill in, folks, on what that's all about? Uh, what is the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation banquet? What's it for? So as I kind of alluded to yesterday, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation was founded in 1984 by four guys sitting around a kitchen table side you know what? We're losing habitat for elk. And we're losing our access. So we need to do something about it. And couple guys went down pawned their house basically got a second mortgage and set up the corporation and what they did is they set up chapters around the nation there's over 500 rocky mountain elk foundation chapters in the united states right now there's 21 in montana and what we do is we have these fundraiser banquets um, and we have a great support system through our national headquarters in missoula and they send us uh, basically a catalog that has probably um, probably five or 600 things in there that's branded RMEF. So we pick out of that, we purchase there, and then we purchase a lot of things locally, firearms. You know, bank our banquet, um, we give away usually, I don't know, last year we gave away 52 firearms for our banquet. Wow. Yeah, and so we move, we move a lot of merchandise. Um, we have probably between, oh, 60 to $80,000 worth of merchandise that we essentially give away through games and prizes and live and silent auction and and all kinds of fun things we try to keep it fun yeah try to try to keep it fun and enjoyable and entertaining and we try to make it different every year so when people attend multiple times it's different every year they get to see my face every year but you know the games and excitement and stuff so so where does all this is a fundraiser ultimately i mean it's also a chance to get together and enjoy just hanging out together and uh, that sort of thing, but uh, fundraiser. Where do, then do those funds go? What do they do? So one of the neat things about Rocky Mountain Elk Foundations, we're very well managed, and by saying that, what it is is ninety-one cents for every dollar that we raise goes back out in the field. So we we have very little overhead, and so we have a AAA rating for nonprofits. Um, the National no- National Nonprofit Association. We're one of the top nonprofits in the United States right now because of how well we manage our money. And so we have a very th- um, thin staff in Missoula. Uh, we have a national headquarters in Missoula. If you have ever had a chance to go there, the visitor center is just absolutely cool. Um, and so we try to put every dime that we raise back into the land. And I'm not only saying purchases like we did in the South Elkhorn, mm-hmm. what we talked about yesterday. But we also fund um, water conservation. We fund um, biological surveys. We find weed, weed everything, uh, weed spraying, and weed harvest, and all everything like that, which helps wildlife. Well, it helps habitat, and so um, we try to keep busy. We actually have a pack fund, and they give out probably I don't know forty or fifty projects that they fund every year. That money comes back for local entities like the weed. Um, we districts comply for that money or local organizations comply for that money. And so we use the money very thriftly 
you know, 91 cents. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we had uh, Steve Marks on the show yesterday with Marks Lumber out there in Clancy and it talked a little bit about uh, what the lumber industry, at least what specifically his company is doing to improve habitat and, and how what he does makes it better for uh, people hiking to people hunting. And Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation really doing the same thing. I mean, you, you don't have to be an elk hunter to benefit from what RMEF is doing. No, no, because we open up the property like that property down in South Elkhorns that we talked about. Anybody can go there. You can drive through there. You can go hiking through there. You can go camping through there. There's actually a little cabin, like an 18 by 18 cabin um, that's open there. It eventually will go on to the Forest Service um, cabin rental system. They have to do some upgrades to it, but you can go down there and stay down there. You can take a barbecue, whatever, and it's gorgeous. I mean, if you look at the map on there and if you go to armyf.org and it'll, it'll show you the information on that purchase, it's gorgeous. Just rolling hills and it's actually a real easy drive. You can take a car to it. Yeah. Explain that Explain that purchase for folks that missed you on on the previous show. What uh, what happened there? How, how did we come into uh, possession of this land? And then what does that mean? Because you bought it essentially to say, okay, we bought it. Now, Montana, it's yours. Yeah, so what we did is is we heard about a year and a half ago through an individual that had we purchased the Jenkins Gulch property, and he says, you know, this land's for sale. It's it's two full sections and like 80 acres. And he says this land's for sale. It's been for sale for a while. People just aren't looking at it, and I don't think they advertise or anything. We started looking at it. It's great property, has a ton of habitat, big rolling hills. It's, it's a lot of trees on it. Um, a lot of guys go down there and hunt because it's so far back. And um, so we started working on it, and the, the Land and Water Conservation Trust um, stepped up and said, you know what, we have enough money just to buy it outright. And so that's what they did is they purchased outright. They transferred over to the Forest Service. Forest Service paid them through the Land and Water Conservation Funds through the Great American Outdoors Act. And now it's transferred into the full Forest Service. It's public, open. Um, there's some few fences in there. I think we're going to try to do a work project next year and go take those out. So, you know, we did a fundraiser at Capital Sports earlier this year, and I was working the table, and we were selling memberships, and a guy come up and said, you know, if I give you money and buy a membership, what do I get? Mm-hmm. And so I, I started explaining to him, you know, this is this purchase in the South, South Elkhorns is just one of them. We bought two sections of land in the Big Bull or the Bull Mountain area, south of boulder last year we bought a 5200 acre ranch outside of townsend about 10 years ago we do a lot of in holdings of critical elk habitat um, and transferred over into public domain we're not a holding company we don't want to manage the land you know we don't do that we just don't want to do that we would rather transfer it over into something for the benefit of all the people and and this is this is an excellent project yeah. So if people want to go out there and check that out, let people know kind of where it is on the map. So what you could do is is drive down to Townsend through Townsend and take the Raidersburg Highway. And right before you get to Raidersburg on your left, um, you'll see a sign. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's about a half mile before Raidersburg on your left. Um, and you, you just drive through there and, and literally you can drive all the way to Boulder. And it's a good road. You mm-hmm. can take a two-wheel drive car through there. I wouldn't do it in the winter. <laughs> or in the rainy season, but you can do it like right now. It's it's a great drive through and there. Uh, huntable land back. I mean, because we're we're right on the edge. I mean, people might be looking for some new land. To, oh yeah, to be hunting on this year. Yep, yeah. and it, it you know the the family that had it had not opened it, 
So this will be the first year that public will actually be on there. Um, it's in a big bull area, so there's a lot of elk down there, big rolling hills, a lot of habitat. Um, it, it's great, great country. Yeah, I'd imagine some deer over there that uh, as well. Yep, 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 true. Yeah, so a good land open. Any water on there? Is there water access for any fishing back there anywhere? Uh, there's there's creek fishing. That's about yeah. it. There's no standing bodies of water that right. I know of. There there might be. I haven't been over it, but you know the map shows a couple creeks running through the property. Okay, I I like creek fishing. Yeah, oh, I do too. That's that's <laughs> that's I prefer that over lake fishing. So. I do too. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. So that that's what the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation does uh, for us is is open up sections like this, improve sections that are already open. It it it's got to feel good, Joe, to just to be a part of something like that. I mean, this is this is not a small thing that you've done here. No, it's neat. And I actually went out. Um, we had a big big thing for the press um, down there, I think, two weeks ago and had a reporter down there, and she wanted to walk through there and look at everything. And I went down there just, just to remind myself, this is why I do this. This mm-hmm. is why I put so much time and effort into the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, setting up our banquet and, and doing everything, is it reminds me of this is the bottom line. We're opening up this habitat. This belongs to everybody. And, and it's it's a great thing. It's it's one of the coolest things. And, and, you know, I've traveled quite a few countries in the world, and we're unique. We have public lands. Most most people, once civilization comes in, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's they turn into city parks, and we don't have that. You know, we they don't have that where we do, where we can go and camp on public land for weeks at a time and, and enjoy and go hunting. Yeah, and that's what Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation helps us to do. So if people are, are interested about uh, maybe becoming a member and, and helping to make this happen, how do they do that? So you can you can actually just get on the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation.org site. Um, you can call Jess Erickson at 406-461-5721. Talk to her about that. Um, you, get, you can email RMEF Elkhorn at gmail.com. And we will give you all the information. Probably the best information, though, is is rmef.org okay. on our national site. And it shows you all the events coming up. It shows you the purchases, gives you hunter information. Um, I mean, just, just everything. And meanwhile, the uh, as we mentioned at the front end, the banquet is coming up. That's a uh, that's a fundraiser. That'd be a great way if you're looking at maybe being a new member. That'd be a great way to sort of step into it is... Let's just show up at the banquet. Yep, yep. And it's and people just just think that we're a hunting organization. We're not. I mean, mm-hmm. half more than half the people on the banquet committee don't hunt. They just they just don't. But they see the benefit of what our mission is, and and you know acquiring habitat and getting access for critters and and access to critters and access for hunting and access for camping and you know it's then it goes into public domain. It's yeah. It's so cool, and and you've got uh, congratulations on being able to do the banquet. Yeah, I mean, thanks. we we went through a year and a half of nobody being able to do anything, and yeah. you found a way to to pull this thing together, which I know is no easy feat. Yep, we actually planned three banquets last year: one in May, June, and then in October, and right down to the details. And then you know, within a week, we had to cancel, and so we had people that we owed money to, and refunds, and and the headache of that. Um, you know, bless her heart for sticking with us. And this year we planned one in May. Um, the, the, it opened up after COVID, it kind of opened up in, in late March, but it was still too late for us to, to, to fully plan a banquet that we thought mm-hmm. would be successful. And so we kicked it back into the fall. Um, you know, it's a terrible date, but 
it was the only Saturday the fairgrounds was open. And so we didn't have a choice. So we took the only Saturday within that three month that we wanted to do. We didn't want to do it in big game season. Right. We didn't want to do it in the heart of bow season. So we're kind of right in the middle of the lull between those two. And so I think we're going to have a successful banquet. We've sold about 20 sponsor tables already. And we have about 250, 350 people signed up already. Um, we will be capping it. I don't know where yet. I'll be talking to our caterer. We're going to have a plate of dinner. Um, you know, the caterer's coming down, and um, we'll be capping their numbers, and we will sell out. So if you wish to buy uh, meal tickets, you know, do it soon. Yeah. And once again, when is the banquet? October 9th. Yeah. It's, it's a what, Saturday. Two weeks. Yep. It's yeah. a Saturday. Um, it start, opens the door at 430. And we will not be selling tickets at the door. Okay. We, we will be sold out. So. so don't do the last minute thing. Yeah, yeah, don't do the last minute. We do. We have like always 20 people that show up. Oh, I want to buy tickets. You can't do it. I mean, right. just it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So, so if you want your tickets, you got to get them now. And the best thing to do, it sounds like, just go online to do that. Yeah, you can go online um, or email Jess or just give Jess a call at that 461-5721 number and um, um, get a hold of her and she'll explain what's going on. Perfect. Joe? Thanks for the time. You bet. I appreciate it. Stick around. More Coffee Break coming up. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back. This is Coffee Break. Thanks for hanging out with us today. The show's brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. And Celinda Lake joining us to finish the day. Celinda is the president of Lake Research Partners. And I appreciate you taking a few minutes this morning. Thanks. It's so great to be talking with Montanans uh, since that's where I'm originally from and lived in Helena. So it's great to be on with you all. Yeah, I was told you were a, a Montana native and a whitewater rafter, right? <laughs> that's right. And love the Smith and other and the Blackfoot. So wish I were in Montana right now. Yeah, so uh, not in Montana anymore, but certainly some Montana in you. Uh, can you introduce yourself to listeners? Uh, let them know who you are and, and, and what it is that you do. Sure. Uh, so my name is Celinda Lake, and I grew up between Livingston and Bozeman, worked in Helena, and I am a pollster, a survey researcher, and we just finished a great project with another firm, uh, ALG Research, for consumers for quality care, looking at how Montanans think about health care and health care quality and affordability. So Lake Research Partners, uh, can you explain that? How did that come about, and, and what is it that you do every day? <laughs> well, every day I look at data about what people are thinking about the issues, what they really care about, uh, or talking to them in small group discussions. 
And it's a really, really fun way to stay on top of what people are thinking. Yeah, well, and this morning we were wanting to chat with you about uh, the recent statewide poll. You mentioned it. This was about healthcare quality, access, affordability, that sort of thing. Can you give us, I guess, first sort of a, a summary of what this poll looked like? What What were you trying to find out here? Yeah, so it was 600 people <clears throat> interviewed statewide at the end of July. We were looking at what were on people's minds. How did they feel about the quality and the cost of healthcare in Montana? What did they want? What did they want to see in policies? What did they? What were they looking for in terms of solutions? And we found, and this won't be a great surprise to your readers, uh, but we found that by far the biggest problem with healthcare in Montana is that people think it's too expensive, and they want their elected officials to do something to get the cost down but not at the expense of access to quality care. And people do tend to think that Montana has pretty good care if you can afford it. Three-quarters of Montanans are worried about being able to afford health care. 62% say cost of health care is their top problem. 82% say that they pay for health care seems to be going up every year. 68% agree that they've struggled to pay a medical bill even when they had insurance. And 25% of voters have right now an unpaid or overdue medical bill. Among voters who are struggling financially, that number is up to 44%. So there's really, uh, obviously, lots of talk about COVID, but uh, a major, major healthcare issue in Montana is uh, the rising cost of healthcare. And then we looked at what do Montanans want to do, and they, they want to improve and expand telehealth medicine. That's something that's really changed over the last couple of years, and they really think that improvement of broadband Internet is um, very, very important for telehealth medicine, and that unites Montanans across the board. They want to um, prevent closures of rural VA hospitals. 92% of Montanans think that's important. It's not really even an issue. It's like a core value. They want to continue the expansion of Medicaid. 63% of Montanans support the permanent expansion of Medicaid and think it's been essential for affordable health care in our state and access, particularly for low-income seniors. And people want to eliminate the insurance pre-authorization for tests and treatments that their doctors are prescribing for life-threatening illnesses. So a broad agenda, an agenda that really unites the state and uh, some really dramatic numbers in this data. Yeah. Is Solinda Lake with us on Coffee Break this morning, the president of Lake Research Partners, and talking about a poll done uh, across Montana about health care and affordability, access, that sort of thing. And uh, you pointed out, uh, you know, 77% concerned about uh, being able to afford their monthly premium. 77 is a, a huge number, you know, more than four and five agreeing that the amount they pay for health care seems to be going up every year. You know, in, in today's society, it, it's hard to find 77 to 82 percent of people that agree on any one thing. <laughs> that's absolutely I mean, this, right. Even that Montana is beautiful. Uh, that is exactly right. Yeah, even right. outdoor I mean, issues where we're, like you said, you know, core values and, and we embrace the outdoors. And you know, even that, we find a way to, there, there's just a break there. But there's a lot of people agreeing here. There's a lot of people. And there's a lot of personal experience here. And um, that 
the unity around this agenda is really, I think, a wake-up call to our elected officials, Democrats and Republicans, that people want to do something about this. And they can come, you know, any three Montanans can agree on a bunch of solutions. So let's get going on these solutions. Yeah, we hear politicians talk all the time. Uh, you know, in I'd say in the last four to eight years, this is sort of a common refrain when, when folks are running for office is health care is too expensive. We're going to get those costs down. But not a whole lot of it has changed in the last decade, has it? That's right. And in fact, people's own experience is that the costs have got kept going up. And they think that there are a number of things that could be done um, to move in ways that would get costs down. Another huge issue is surprise billing, which is an issue that's really emerged uh, in recent years where people thought they knew what they were going to have to pay and then get surprise billed during an illness. And the number of Montanans who are suffering from being on the edge financially because of a medical bill is really uh, quite dramatic. Yeah, I mean, so many people are just worried about being able to afford their monthly premium. That, that's before anything actually happens. That's right. I'm 100% healthy. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, can I afford to pay my premium this month? That doesn't even factor in what happens if I get sick. That's exactly right. And in fact, a lot of people, it's a very astute point, a lot of people mention that their co-pays, their deductibles, their premiums are going up, and they're really worried about it um, because healthcare is already a struggle to pay for. It's one of the reasons why people in Montana, it's supposed to be controversial, but it's not with the voters, uh, that Montanans are so in favor of the permanent expansion of Medicaid, 63%. Uh, support that because they know it's an avenue with real affordability, which a lot of the other changes haven't produced. Yeah, it's pretty accepted across the state that costs are too high, they're rising, and I expect there's a significant number of people that have uh, unpaid or overdue bills, uh, medical bills, that they just they, they can't find the money for. Yeah, it looks like there's a quarter of Americans and or of Montanans, and of those Montanans who describe themselves as financially struggling, and there are a lot of people financially struggling, uh, given the ups and downs of the economy with COVID, 44% um, have a medical bill uh, that they're struggling to pay. So uh, this is a real concern. And of course, a medical bill can change your fortunes overnight. Um, there's nothing more important than affordable health care to keep the economy going, to keep our families thriving, to keep communities strong. It's a big issue in Montana. Yeah, with the, with the financial struggles of the last couple of years, everything is just exacerbated. And, uh, you know, is there anything, Celinda, um, we're running light on time here. we got about three minutes left. Is there anything specific found through this poll, I suppose, or responses from people that Montanans are saying that, okay, here's the problem. We know there's a problem, but what are they saying needs to happen? How, how can we target this issue and actually make something happen? Super good question. So Montanans have a lot of solutions in mind, which is real different than other places. Montanans are very solution-oriented voters. And... Um, they want to keep the VA hospitals closed, uh, opened, particularly in the rural areas. They want to ensure that insurance companies cover telehealth. Montana's very suspicious of telehealth initially. Now, 83, 82% supportive of it. They want to end surprise billing. If you're going to bill somebody, you got to let them know up front. you got to let them know what it costs. They want to eliminate uh, insurance pre 
authorization for tests and treatments that their doctors are recommending. They want to make permanent Medicaid, which helps hold down the prices. So there's a lot of things that Montanans can think of, and they're not even healthcare policy experts. Right. Yeah, broadband certainly something that plays into healthcare with the emergence and expansion, uh, more widely accepted telehealth. But you, you pointed out there, you know, there are times when a doctor will prescribe a treatment, but then insurance companies have to actually authorize that treatment. That really seems backwards. It really seems backward, and it really makes people angry. <clears throat> because if their doctor who knows them prescribes something, in a life-threatening situation particularly, do what the doctor says. Um, that's the way to hold on costs. Don't delay. Don't have people have to postpone life-saving treatments because they can't get authorization for it. Yeah, well, you, you got some guy at a desk saying, well, this, this operation, uh, this procedure is pretty expensive. Have you tried this pill? You know, and then, and then the, <laughs> it, it's so frustrating. Um, you know, Celinda Lake is with it us is. today. Uh, she's president of Lake Research Partners. And I, I guess, Celinda, we got about a minute left. It seems like the biggest thing that we can do as Montanans is just a loud, unified voice to our politicians uh, that these things be addressed. That's right. I think the thing that's most exciting about this data is everyone assumes everyone's divided. Well, what's great about bowling is it tells the truth. And uh, in fact, Montanans are united on this agenda. So join your neighbor, join your friend, and talk to your elected officials about doing something on these issues. Have you sent these results to Washington, Celinda? Just just a quick email. Let them know. We actually uh, we have. We have. Okay. Well, we actually have uh, Senator Steve Daines on tomorrow's show. Little uh, little preview for folks. Cool. And uh, so we'll ask him about uh, rising costs in health care, and we'll bring up some of these concerns, and we'll see what he says. Fabulous. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Celinda Lake. With uh, Lake Research Partners, she's the president over there. You know, the company bears her name. Of course, she's the president. Selena, thanks for taking time <laughs> hanging out with us this morning. Hey, thanks for being my first cup of coffee. Great to talk with you all. Yeah, I appreciate you so much. And uh, important issue, important uh, things that uh, they're digging into over there, finding actual numbers to stick on this thing. So that's all the time we have for Coffee Break this morning. But tune in tomorrow. Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and Steve Danes. Good show. We'll see you then. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.